Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Unfollowing Mum. How are we all? I have a guest with me this week. I'm going to be chatting to her about her lived experience. It is Victoria. Hi, how are you? Yeah, hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I've got coffee in hand, ready oh. to go. So you can't I can't do anything without coffee, to be honest. And I, I'm one of those people that will say to clients, oh, well, maybe limit your caffeine intake. You know, that's really useful whilst I'm currently downing my eighth coffee at 10 a.m. Oh, that yeah. kind of vibe. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing like a little bit of self-sabotage to chuck in there. So we are going to have a chat about your experiences today with toxic parents and growing up and all of that good fun stuff. So do you want to let me know a little bit about who you are and, and where you're at at the moment? Yeah, um, so I have zero relationship with my dad now. Um, and I I do have a good relationship with my mum currently. Um, however, it hasn't always been the way. Yeah. Um, in terms of my dad, basically, he 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 moved on in terms of the family, and he hadn't been with my mum for a very long time. But I did see him like weekends. That sort of mm. what's the word like relationship, you know? Yeah. We were close, and I did enjoy seeing him. However, he he did get like a new family, and it, it that relationship just sort of ended. He stopped contact really, and things like that. So, um, that was quite like a a trigger sort of trauma point for me and I, I I still work with it but I've definitely now 10 years down the line <laughs> yeah um, worked on it and at the same time I was having a lot of difficulties with my mum who was mm. who I lived with it was you know teenage angst plus quite a dominating personality in terms of my mum and yeah so it was quite a difficult period that sort of teenage to probably my mid to late 20s and I'm only early 30s now there was lots of arguments being thrown out because of silly things you know constant put downs you know in like a sort of snide way and if I'd be like well why would you say that like that's just unnecessary so my boyfriend at the time was like, oh, I want to do this when I'm older. And she was like, see, why don't you have passion like that? And I was like, mm. well, I do. I just don't shout it from the rooftops with you. And then that kicked off a whole argument. And then I got kicked out and it was only for the night. But, you know, it was just this whole sort of rigmarole of n- never knowing where I stood or if I didn't agree with her, it was 
it was wrong basically yeah her way was the highway kind of vibe I think it's really difficult when we are and I so many people have similar experiences of that really fractured relationship when they're in their teen years and you know there's a whole reason that we talk about how difficult teen years are and we talk about you know parents struggling through teen years and it is because you've had this relationship with a child who you essentially tell them this is what should be and they don't Mm -hmm. question it because that's what kids do you know so many children don't have any idea that their relationship with their parent isn't healthy and why would they because that's where they're taught the relationship is meant to be at this is how things are meant to be and then when you get into your teen years you start to really push back and even in the healthiest of relationships the whole point of our teen years is that self-exploration that understanding Mm -hmm. of what makes me me what do I believe who am I and there's no scope for that when you're in a relationship with a really domineering parent or a parent who has those behaviors that are emotionally immature where they feel that they are always the one in the right where they don't have any space for your personality or for you to become who you want to be they just want you to be mini versions of themselves yeah exactly and it was always I, I do understand a lot of the time it was done with love it's like it wasn't necessarily you know just to be mean um she she wanted me to be um, able to have a good career, which he never got the chance to do and things like that. So I do understand where it that came from. It was a mm. sort of, but it was just done completely in the wrong way. And it just pushed me away from her. And mm. at that point in time, I felt like I'd lost my mum and I'd lost my dad. I just felt completely on my own. And when I've spoke to her when like being older she was like well I felt I was losing you because it was always just me and you and it was like yeah but you're the mum <laughs> like, yeah you know like yeah I, 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 I shouldn't have had to look after you mm. you know thinking oh I need to spend some time with my that's not how that works mm. so it was just this whole difficult period and her really wanting me to to do well and that was a lot of pressure like Mm. I got really good marks in say my GCSEs for example but we'd had an argument that morning and when I phoned her to let her know she was like and I was like oh I got all these like A's and things like that thinking well at least like she'd be proud of me she was like yeah but you didn't get any A stars Mm. she didn't say well done or anything and it was just like oh okay yeah it's all those things those messages of not being good enough and we can push our children because we want them to have passion in things we want them to feel fulfilled we want them and sometimes I think there's a level of projection that we're Mm -hmm. all guilty of because when you say oh well she wanted me to do well and she wanted me to have a good career because she didn't get the opportunity there's the question of but would that have been what you wanted or did your goals lie differently and that would have been okay but especially for older parents I think as well going back generationally there was an idea of what success looked like and we're evolving from that now where we can see success looking differently but with coupled with a bit of projection coupled with that immaturity and that inability to express uh, themselves there is that real danger of pushing your child away and that kind of lashing out at you because you'd had an argument that morning as opposed to being able to step into an adult space and say well done I'm really proud of you even though you'd had a falling out and I think quite often when there has been that abandonment from that father figure as well you're looking for all of it from your mum yeah so I've found through a lot of expense of (laughs) counselling I've been through all of the the routes finding out that it was just just hearing sorry or well, I was proud of you, I am proud of you, can sometimes just make the whole difference. And, like, when she did apologise a few years ago, saying, look, I know that I shouldn't have I shouldn't have treated you that way. 
and I'm sorry, like I, I beat myself up for it, but there's only so much like I can do. Like, but I am so sorry. I have never felt so heard and the amount of I was able to let go of a lot of things mm-hmm. and it it hasn't, you know, it it still happened. I'm still sad and I still hold a grudge to a degree, you know, it was still my childhood. But to hear her apologise was a it was a big thing. And I never realised how much of a big thing it would have been. I think it's really that that speaks to the power of accountability, doesn't it? And I get a yeah. lot of parents that will, you know, message me on TikTok or they'll come into my Instagram comment section with nobody can be perfect. Yeah. And I'm like, look, Julie, no one's asking for perfection here. No. Like, dial it back take a deep breath and realize that the the request is not for perfection the request is for accountability where we make our mistakes which don't get me wrong is really difficult like it it sticks in you when you look at your child and you've got to go I've made this mistake shit and then actually go and speak to them apologize for it own it and sit with the discomfort of acknowledging that we've fucked up is <laughs> awful like it's a horrible horrible feeling that nobody wants to do and the guilt of having to own your mistakes can be huge but you've still got to do it because that's where the maturity lies that's where the difference lies and you'd mentioned that you have a much more positive relationship with your yeah. mom now but that will have been that accountability because although yeah. you can accept that yeah it's meant that I've had to do therapy. It's meant that I've really struggled with certain things. It's meant that I still, to a degree, have that anger there and, and feel that grudge towards my childhood and, and why she couldn't have been the mum that I needed her to be. However, her accountability now has allowed you to build a relationship that you otherwise would never really have been able to build without it. Exactly, yeah. And I am lucky because I know that not everybody gets that accountability from their mom and I do count myself lucky in that sense um you know and nobody's life is a bunch of roses <laughs> yeah um but you know I, I I try and use what I've learned really with my own children so even if it's something I would see as silly I do go and say I'm really sorry that that happened I'm really sorry I did that explain my reasoning and said but that doesn't make it right yeah so I think it's important to to use what you've learned because at the end like I've grown up with that childhood so sometimes I hear my mum come out yeah. like some sort of Ursula Ariel with <laughs> and I'm yeah. and I and I hear it and I'm like oh no <laughs> um, yeah. so and I have to try and like wind it back and go hang on I need to take some steps back right I, I'm doing completely the let me just breathe let me just yeah. think about it and then so yeah it's there's that worry sometimes that I'm like I don't want to I don't want to cause that difficulty with my own children yeah and I'm really open with them I'm like look I, I am trying and again like you say none of us are perfect however just saying sorry can sometimes make all the difference yeah exactly there's no manual is there for being a parent so there's not and I think that that in itself yeah you've got to kind of find it it's navigating your own path isn't it and there's no manual Mm -hmm. for your child either or for your traumatic experiences and how you navigate them as a parent I know my mum used to use well there's no manual for parenting so often as an excuse Mm. as opposed to using it as a fact and then saying however I do know that being accountable where I've made mistakes matters I do know that learning and changing behavior when I've made those mistakes learning from it adapting to it that's really important because sometimes saying sorry for the things that have happened isn't enough without the changed behavior because it's not a real sorry but what we find is when you have people who've been through these experiences and are actively trying to break the cycle with their kids 
there is not just the accountability, but also the change in behavior or the openness, as you say, of being able to say to your kids, really trying here, perhaps I got overwhelmed here and this is why this happened. That's not a you problem. That's my responsibility. And then we move forward and do this. I know you'd mentioned that you've got no contact with your dad whatsoever Mm. now. Has that always, has that been the case since you were a teenager? Yeah, so basically, so I held a lot of blame to my mum because I was meant to see my dad and he phoned her up drunk, like shouting and saying like he wanted to see me. However, I had like an exam that I was working to. Um, so she said, well, you're going to see her tomorrow. Like, you know, it's just the one day she really needs to work at this. And she flipped out and she went, right, well, then you're not seeing her. Mm. So obviously I heard her on the phone and I just was like, oh, my goodness, it's it's all my mum's fault. You know, that's why I don't see my dad. And So I went like behind her back to try and see him off my own back. He wasn't there. (laughs) His um, wife, girlfriend, whatever at the time. Um, was she phoned him I could hear him on the phone saying just get rid of her just get rid of her um so I left and then there was a whole palaver of then the girlfriend wife whatever turning back up like my house and obviously my mum wasn't aware so she was thrown in at this deep end and I was like oh no what have I done (laughs) (laughs) um and he ended up writing a letter and saying that I was at the house today. I don't know why she was there, but I don't want to see her there again. And then and how I old was what you've been then. I was twelve. Wow. Yeah. So to sort of hear that, and obviously my mum was quite angry at me, <laughs> which yeah. now I'm older, I could do. Well, even when I was younger, I did completely understand. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Um, it's the it's but the anger. The anger is at you, but the anger's at the situation, isn't it? Yes. And you can understand why someone would be angry with you for having gone behind their back and perhaps, or why you're, you would be angry with your child for that. But I look at my now 12-year-old and I think, okay, if he tried to contact my mum, there would be empathy and understanding there for why he'd done yeah. that as a child trying to reach someone Um and he, he doesn't have any desire to have any contact with my mum, fortunately, because mm. he was very much the one who was facing the brunt of a lot of her behaviour towards the kids. Yeah. But if he had had that, or if me and his dad were not together and he tried to get mm. in touch with his dad and his dad's behaviour was toxic, however that panned out, there would be so much empathy there for that child yeah. and for why they got themselves in that situation, why us as adults had failed there, yeah, and how they needed supporting through that but it seems very much like you had a lot of anger coming from all sides and you yeah. were just stuck in the middle yeah I just felt like completely in the middle of it all it felt like that there was an argument there that I wasn't a part of but that I was getting the brunt of mm. and it took until after all that and like my mum's anger to kind of dissipate which was probably because she wasn't expecting it she didn't expect to have this woman that she didn't know turn up at the door and be like what um so you know um but then afterwards that's when she explained to me and she was like look I have phoned him after that had happened like previously when she did say look she can't you can't see her she was like I did phone him and say well what she just wants to spend time with you instead of been stuck at the pub and mm. you know I was sort of tasked with looking after his girlfriend's youngest child with mm. the older siblings and I was just like oh it was just go and play with the other kids and I was like yeah but I don't I don't want to play with those kids or yeah. see them one I don't really know them I know them from this kind of environment of the pub where their parents are drinking on a weekend um but I don't want to see them I want to see you then he was constantly just going oh she's just attached at the hip it was like no dad just want to see ya so you know there was a lot there but uh, I I I loved him you know I wanted to see him I only seen him like sort of on weekends every so often 
I, I always just kind of seen my mum as she was the the angry voice of reason sort of one. So I, I seen my dad as the fun one. But then when she explained, look, I, I, I tried to get him to see you just sort of just with you. Even it was just going into the like into a cafe for an hour, you know, just so it was just used to and he wouldn't he wouldn't have it. It was always, well, if she can't accept my new family, then she she can't see me sort of thing so yeah and I've never seen I've never seen him in a sort of personal way since I've passed him like once you know and uh, like I think my heart stopped beating for a whole minute because it was just that panic and then afterwards I was like oh he looks really old yeah (laughs) just like (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) And it was just yeah. that sort of realization that you know it, everybody's moved on, and it was just like you know who who's missing out here. You know I've got like now I've got three lovely children that he doesn't see. You know yeah he's got like the children from his wife. But I was like you know we had a good relationship um, previously, so who's really missing out here? But you d- I still have that little niggly voice in the back of my head going, yeah, but I miss my dad, you know. Yeah, and as yeah. I say, I loved being with him. I wasn't, I didn't hate him. It was just, I hate what happened. And mm. like, at the end of the day, he was a really shitty dad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, can't, I can't put it any other way. He was, you know. You, even if you're frustrated at the end, he's seen me like one day a week, you know, mm. get over yourself, you know. Yeah. There's so, so much anger in that, isn't there? Because I, I think my yeah. dad was very much the same in that this new family came along and he kind of just was like, I, and I remember talking about this with a friend of mine who I, I was talking about something and saying, oh, you know, I think my I think my partner would be really attentive and really want to spend Mm. time with his kids and I know people who are like that and she sort of looked at me and she went yeah I know people that are like that and my partner was like that and then we got separated and now Mm. he has a new family and it's the age-old tale of the new family yeah and I don't Mm. think for a second that that happens in every instance and I don't you know but I do think certainly for our generation it was much more common for dad after parents had separated to we, we we don't even have the um if you separate now, there's not a custody thing. We yeah. don't even have that now. Whereas I remember big custody battles and all that kind of thing. Mm. And mum won sole custody. Yeah. And that was, you know, that's not even a normal part of the divorce process now. But back yeah. then it was. And dad was given his every other weekend visitation yeah. or his once a week visitation. And my dad was quite like yours in the fact that if he could be bothered to take that up, Hmm. it was very much a, I was fobbed off like I loved his yeah. dogs because I would spend most of my time sat with them and I have so many memories that are missing of that period because I think they were so dismissive hmm. and so just totally disinterested in me yeah. and I wasn't as I wasn't 12 either at the time I must have been younger so I do have kind of dips and drabs of memories but to hear it at such a a point in your life where you're that bit older so you understand all of it Mm. and you can see what's happening but also don't understand all of it and don't understand the why and the how and I absolutely get what you mean about sometimes still feeling like I just really miss my dad and I don't think it's even my dad I think it's Mm -hmm. the idea of a dad it's the idea of having that wonderful male role figure uh, role model I never had that never Mm. had that at all um and I I look back I found not so long ago my I had mentioned this before on the podcast my stepmother had got in touch with me and sent me a really nasty message on Twitter um when I launched my first book back in 2021 and it was kind of just like a snide jab of (laughs) oh well I hope you've included this that your mum did and I'm like honestly why the fuck would any of that be included and what does that have to do with a book about mum hacks and what does that have to do with me these are things that happened between you guys as adults when I was like eight 
What does it have yeah. to do with me? In fact, it was actually something over a passport. And I was like, I do know what you're talking about because it's made my passport really difficult. I had to change my name by deed poll, actually. <laughs> um, but it was really frustrating. And yet again, it was me that was not only getting shit from them as adults in her sending me yeah. a, a nasty tweet, but also it was me that had had to deal with the fallout of all of it in having mm-hmm. to go and change my name by depot. And I'd sent her a, a, a long reply on Facebook Messenger. No idea if she'd ever seen it because there wasn't enough on Twitter to actually be able to respond to her properly. And I'd sent this long reply on Facebook Messenger and it popped up not so long ago. And she changed her picture to a picture of my dad with and her with their two adopted children. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. It won't have been long before he died and he was wearing a shirt that I think he was wearing in one of the last times that I saw him, which probably tells you how much of that period of time I still have inside me and, and still have that that longing for that relationship. But it proper stung. I yeah. was like, why is that man sat there with that woman and those two bloody children when he could have been with me? And that, you know, yeah. that little inner child leapt up and was like, well, that was rude. You know, that real stinging feeling of, why wasn't I enough? Like, why didn't he want to be with me? And there was all these occasions that kind of came rushing back of the times he didn't want to be with me, where he would be playing games in his office while I was sat downstairs with his wife who didn't like me. Um, And I I mean, I wasn't a fan either, to be frank. But (laughs) she was the adult in that situation. I mean, I was horrible to her, but she was the adult there and needed to set those boundaries, but also needed to have some empathy and compassion for this child who was really being weaponized by her mother, Mm. but also being totally dismissed by her father. And yeah, it was such a difficult period to navigate and such still, even in my 30s, seeing that image, such a realization that I really do have that longing somewhere deep inside there for what should have been yeah it's I can completely relate to that because I have a half brother as well and he they never had contact either basically he's now got children and things like that and he's actually back in contact with my dad Mm. Um, and I was and I just seen a picture like not knowing that they were back in contact and things like that but I knew he was friends with my dad's wife's children and then seeing a picture of them all around a dinner table so Mm. like my dad his wife her children then my half brother with his like wife and kids I was like um what I was just like, what's happened there? Like, and I was so angry. I was Mm. so, so angry. I don't even have contact with my half-brother anymore because I was that angry. I was Mm. like, how can you have said, like, really related with me about these feelings about him? And then now you you sat there happy as pie being, like, his friend. And I was just like, no. Yeah. (laughs) seeing like all these happy family pictures I was just like why would why were they good enough like Mm. why why was I not enough why was Mm. it that my childhood memories of you is sat in a pub all night being pushed out to try and be with the the other kids why why didn't you want to spend time with me why was it that if I slept over the next morning I had to get up on my own even though I tried to work you but you were so hungover I had to just go downstairs yeah. on my own it was like so why why were they different why were they better and I know that it's not like that but that little voice that you can't mm. ignore it just niggles and you and you have to like talk to yourself like some sort of mad woman and just <laughs> try to go Shh, no that's yeah obviously not the case you know so in coaching and in therapy we have the the, we have the term for being that mad woman (laughs) and that's reparenting yourself yeah that is your inner child yeah that is your inner child leaping up going 
what the hell dude why why was I not good enough because as children the only way in which we can survive and I know we must say this at least once an episode but the only way in which we survive is by internalizing these things Mm -hmm. our primary caregivers can't be to blame because if they are truly unwanting of us and the problem is truly with them and they're absolutely incapable of meeting our needs which a parent who just wants to spend time in the pub and ignore you is incapable of meeting that yeah. need then that's too scary for our brains to accept that's not something that we can understand or grasp or allow to be fact so we internalize it so we still have this inner child who is prone to sitting there going what's wrong with me why can't yeah. why am I not good enough for you why is this the case and that voice that comes in and and it does I've always said in a child work makes you feel bonkers because you sat there especially when somebody's like now visualize yourself sat as a child and you're like really (laughs) really but it's effective and it works and thinking of that part of you that's going why am I not good enough that part that feels like a pain in the chest that really Mm. has that that doubt of was it me was I a problem was I a bad child should I have done more could I have done this differently and you'd have loved me sitting with that and saying no you couldn't because the fault was not with you the fault was with the parent who could not love you in the way that you needed and you've made that about you because that was the only way you could get going but you are an adult now who can accept that the problem was them the problem was my dad and the way that he was reacting to things the problem was your dad and the way that he was behaving and as adults we have to remind ourselves of that because otherwise we become stuck in this cycle of thinking that the problem is us and I completely get what you mean about that sense of that feeling of betrayal from your your um half sibling because why why would he relate to you so much and then why has he been able to go and build that repair yeah what's what's going on there you kind of feel like you're once again left out from it Mm -hmm. and unable to move past it and I think often you hear that message there of oh well you know he's managed to get over it so you could get over it as well but your experiences are very different and the way in which you remember things is very different but both valid if he feels that he's in a position where he can build that repair then that's okay but it's also okay that you feel really hurt by that yeah because you feel like you've gone through this somewhat together after feeling so isolated yeah and all of a sudden he's there and you're not Hmm. yeah it like it's like a two-pronged like feeling really you know you have that initial sort of excuse me we bonded over this like (laughs) lack of relationship and now you're sat there like happy as Larry like a big happy family what and then I was like it took me a while (laughs) to just sort of take a step back and go you know what if you want that relationship back and you're happy with that as being an adult where you know you can you can stand up for yourself as an adult you know when you've got a a dad shouting at you because you saw his ex-girlfriend and now his wife sat upstairs crying mm-hmm. you know and he's like this is all your fault and you're like um pardon what has happened here <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> yeah it's like um I have a relationship with your ex-girlfriend so I still see her why is your wife now crying yeah uh, uh, you know so I was just sat there like what but now as a adult like he is um if he was to come back with like some I don't know shitty claim or whatever you know you can stand there and go fuck you yeah <laughs> basically like, that's like, not gonna watch you with about you know yeah. like adults now like get over yourself yeah so but as a child you just sat there in this like blind panic going oh my god what have I done yeah Uh, that was just an example like it did happen don't get me wrong yeah it's those moments and I spoke to somebody about this on the podcast before about how it's those moments where you feel so discombobulated because Mm. it's something that when you say it out loud he was angry with you because you'd seen his ex-partner and his wife was now upset about that sounds so ridiculous and illogical 
But as a child, the adult in that situation is telling you that that is something you shouldn't have done, that you're a problem, that that's an issue. And it's funny, actually, my dad was similar in the way that I'd um, mentioned on the phone once to him that my mum had a boyfriend. So he didn't call me for about six weeks. He put the phone down on me and just didn't call me for about six weeks Mm. because I was being rude to him and I was um, goading him and upsetting him. And how dare I say that I liked this boyfriend? And I was like, don't get me wrong. As an adult, logically, you can see how after you've separated from somebody, there are a lot of complicated feelings. And Mm. when you find that there is somebody new, especially when there are children involved, you might well sit there and think... Mm, that stings I don't like that or oh that makes me feel really insecure you know what if they like them more than me but you keep it and you work through it yourself as an adult you don't push that onto a child but when you have a toxic parent it's a case of pushing it anywhere including on your child so long as you don't have to deal with it yeah well exactly you know um I think from gathering bits and bobs as a child I think he'd cheated on the ex-girlfriend with his current partner and his current partner had suddenly thought oh my goodness they must be in contact still Mm. you know like my dad and that and this probably self-doubt came in but then again that wasn't that wasn't none of that's anything to do with your children though that's the thing and I was just like oh it's happening um so obviously my dad came down shouted at me for seeing her and then I had to go up upstairs to this which I did feel for her in a way but you know if you get with a cheating husband you know you make your bed um for yeah. want of a better word you know you can anyway that's a different story yeah uh, no I, I get yeah. you you know it's it's that adult responsibility yeah for your own actions there's always going to be that insecurity there yeah exactly so I had to go upstairs and apologize and promise never to see her again and then go back downstairs like what's happening (laughs) and I told my mom and she was like what and she was like you know what if you still want to see like his ex-girlfriend just don't tell him (laughs) Mm. and I was like okay so I've seen so many conflicting messages yeah so many conflicting messages yeah such a bizarre situation and so many messages coming at a child from different angles and I think it's something that so many people relate to because when divorces are messy and there's lots of different components in there yeah it's messy for the child when you've got adults that can't own their own egos and their own insecurities because her insecurities might well have been very valid and her insecurities might well have been reasonable she might well have had cause to feel that way but that's something that should have been discussed with him and something that if she was upset could have been this is nothing to do with you this is between us yeah go and do some playing or something we just need to have a chat and then we'll revisit it later when the kids are in bed or we'll do this because that that is handling your own stuff and then talking about it as adults. And I can imagine your mum's frustration was huge there that yet again, it had been put on you, but you've also got from your mum the same kind of thing really of putting mm. this emotional responsibility for her happiness onto you. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it was, it, it was a sort of, what am I doing? And I did feel a little bit like my dad was being stupid because I told him, because when he said, oh, what did you do this week in the car? When there was just the two of us, I said, oh, I went and seen, insert name here. Mm, <laughs> yeah. And he was like, why? And I was like, because I like her. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then I was, and then obviously he then went home, like we went to his house. He then told his wife slash girlfriend, like, then and then that's what kickstarted it so it's a bit like well, why'd you tell her <laughs> you know if uh, so it just felt like this why did why no but she wouldn't have known you yeah. know so why did you feel that the need to tell her to then upset her to then upset me and upset yourself when it one had fuck all to do with both of you yeah it's that kind it's that creating the drama as well yeah, I would say that like, as it seems unless oh, it was 
unless it's ranting to her as in, oh, she's been and seen this person and this has really yeah. bothered me. I don't know. That's That strikes me very much as that toxic person creating drama yeah. to then use as an excuse to attack, which is yeah. really frustrating and something that is so common with toxic parents, that creating of dramatic situations yeah. that they can then use to put you down and use to vilify you if you like when nine times out of ten you've not done anything wrong or even if you have done something that's wrong it's because you're a child and you're learning and it could be handled in so many different ways and yet it's handled in a way that makes you out to be some kind of villain who's deliberately hurt everybody and it just reinforces their narrative of you which is really frustrating yeah exactly but it was it was just always a bit of a mess and a bit of a drama during mm. like those sort of ages and like um, my mum was trying to protect me from those dramas with my dad but by not telling me certain things which I, I completely understand why she wouldn't tell me because it would upset me um made me resent her more yeah. so as I say by not saying look I've tried to say well why don't you meet up but he won't um made me think well it's all her fault yeah I did to that like kind of resentment so that when things happened and it was always oh you're just like your dad oh, that was yeah. I hate that one yeah that always, is the worst one because like, you, okay yeah you grow up hearing and this that was one of my mum's absolute favorite sayings but you grow up hearing how awful this person is how he's the worst of the worst of the worst how he's at the root cause of all our problems and then you have thrown back at you you're just like your dad Mm-hmm. And you think, right, so that must mean that you really hate me, that I'm really... Because these mm-hmm. are, and these are completely subconscious messages. You're not even aware that you're thinking them at the time. Yeah. You just know it really hits different and it really stings. If somebody else had said to you, you're really like so-and-so, it wouldn't be the same. But you, as well as a child, you want that loving relationship with that parent. And it's yet another reminder mm-hmm. you don't have it. Yeah. I just never felt good enough. Mm. It was just, I didn't feel good enough for my dad. Is that why he's now got like new children? I think at the root of it, that was it. I didn't feel good enough for my dad. I didn't feel good enough for my mum because there was all these arguments and apparently I'm just like my dad and, you know, and my grades aren't as good as she wants them to be. And maybe I'm not as passionate about things as she wanted me to be or vocalise it at least. And it just felt like this total, I'm just disappointing everybody. Like, what can I do? And all I did was strive to, like not disappoint and Mm. then I didn't know what I wanted I was just like right I want to do this that the other it was always instilled in me that I was going to go to university it's just like oh you'll do this you'll go to university you'll get a good job but then on the other hand it was like oh and then you'll marry a good doctor and I was like but I want to be the good doctor yeah (laughs) be the one with the money you can't tell me one thing and then swing it with the other and then, yeah, I went to university and I found it so hard. I found that pressure mm. too much and I ended up leaving and things like that. And like, uh, so I'm in a job role that I really enjoy, but is not kind of where I was expected to be. And yeah. so I still get those moments, especially, you know, we with our mental health, I think we all still get those little niggles even when we've worked at it really hard it's still like am I still disappointing everybody you know I was expected to be a high flyer and things like this and like you know I'm happy with my job role and things like that but I'm not where people would expect am I letting people down and I just like wish that whether it was my mum my dad whoever I just said you know you are enough and it's rot everywhere and things like that but sometimes you do need somebody else and not yourself to say you know you can do as you want just be happy Mm. and now that me and my mum 
have 100% got a better relationship. You know, she's changed in ways. And if there's anything, you know, I'm a bit like, mm, okay. Yes. You know, I now can get past that. Whereas before mm. I'd kind of go, no, no. Sometimes it's just like, it's not worth it. Mm. So in order to kind of preserve that relationship, um, so it was just when my mum finally said, as long as you're happy, mm. was a bit of a, it was a nice relief. And, you know, obviously it's not a cure-all sort of thing, you know. She's made lots of changes. And as I say, obviously we've got a brilliant relationship now, um, but it's... But there's definitely, you know, improvements and to hear certain things sometimes just just heal a little part of you, yeah. even just for a little, even for a moment to just hear it. Because, you know, she can still sometimes go, oh, as long as you're happy, but when are you going to look for a different job? And then you're like, yeah. Oh. Go. <laughs> yeah you've spoiled it you you know yeah, we're, we're like, baby steps but you've spoiled it there yeah. and do you ever feel like now that you're in a better place if you feel necessary you can challenge that from her yeah so I yeah uh, it's picking and choosing isn't it like mm. pick balls, picky balls and I just yeah. try sort of see it as a bit like it sounds really awful I'd never tell her to like her face but it is kind of treating her like a child yeah, yeah. It's just kind of gone, right, if we're going to play that game, we're going to play the game. So if she comes out with something, like, childish, I have to think, is it going to make a difference if I come back with a challenge or is mm. it just going to cause a rift? If it's just going to cause an argument and it's just going to end with, well, <laughs> then I yeah. know there's no point. But if it's going to possibly make a difference or it's going to be me kind of sticking up for myself and being, well, look, I'm happy. You said you were happy if I was happy. So yeah. baby steps. And she's like, yeah, you're right. Then mm. it's like, okay. But then with other things, because it, she's she won't sort of say something in a kind of attacking way, but it's that like, oh, well, you were expected to do this. That and that very little, subtle. Mm. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> subtle, not subtle. Mm, you know, when yeah. they say it and you're like, well, I know what you're getting at. It's not yeah. even a sort of, mm, it's like, it's really direct subtle. <laughs> That's yes. And like, you may, well, you may as well just say it, mum. But yeah. Um, yeah, and sometimes it's just like, well, I'm just going to beat you at your own game. Just go, well, things happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because most of the time on the podcast, we have people who've either cut contact completely because of their parents toxic behavior mm -hmm. or who have a very fractured relationship with a parent and have very limited contact because mm -hmm. of their behavior but it's interesting to hear somebody acknowledge that yes there has been that accountability and there have been those really powerful conversations about your childhood mm -hmm. and whilst the relationship is much better than it was and it's a relationship that you can say you see value in and that you can say you hold dear. It is also a relationship where some of those toxic behaviors still rear their ugly head every so often. Yeah. And although you can still now you can, as an adult, set boundaries and challenge sometimes there are occasions when you still look at it and think, I'm going to treat this person as a child because she doesn't have the emotional maturity to understand what I'm yeah. coming, where I'm coming from. And I'm going to let that one not affect me. And I'm going to let that one go. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of people feel that if you do manage to repair your relationship with your parent, then that's it. That's your job done. Mm -hmm. Tick. We've repaired the relationship. There's never going to be any fractures again. And that's just not reality. There are yeah. always fractures within our relationships. But it's interesting to hear that you have repaired that relationship, that there has been accountability. And there are still moments when those toxic behaviors mm. show up because it is a part of who they are. And yeah. it is unlearning years and decades and decades yeah. of toxic behavior that they've always just been away, uh, able to get away with. Mm. It's um, 
like I use the um, plate example with my kids and say, you know, you can throw a plate on the ground and it smashes and you can glue it together, which is your apology, but you can still see the cracks. It's yeah. not completely fixed, you know, and I think of that as my relationship with my mom. You know, she's apologised. She's trying to do better, which is brilliant, but you can still see the glue and the cracks. Yeah that's still there in that relationship and that's never going to go away. Each year it might get a bit more faint and new cracks and chips might occur, but in total it's never going to be a new shiny plate and that's just the way it is. Yeah, I think that's really powerful, that analogy of, of the plate that you've thrown on the ground and it's you can still see the cracks even though you've built that repair. They're always going to be there. And yeah. they might get fainter. I really, really love that analogy. <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for chatting okay. today. I feel like it's been a really different episode in terms of how episodes I think usually would go with lived experience. Yeah. Because more often than not, the people that I speak to either have that complete break or they mm. have a, a relationship with a parent that's very held at arm's length the parent mm-hmm. is very toxic and there aren't any attempts at accountability yeah so it's really powerful I think to hear that and then also to hear your experiences with your dad and that abandonment that's mm-hmm. been there that I relate to so heavily so yeah. thank you so much for coming on and having a chat thank you for having me <laughs> right guys thank you so much for listening I will speak to you again next week bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.